podcast brought to you by the medical students of UCD and RCSI. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult your doctor if you have any concerns about your health or pregnancy. These podcasts were created in accordance with RCOG guidelines. My name is Catherine and in this episode we will be reviewing birth options after a previous caesarean delivery. You are a doctor working in obstetrics and are reading the notes for the next woman in the antenatal clinic, Anne Brennan. She is 30 weeks gestation into her second pregnancy. She had an elective caesarean section in her previous pregnancy due to breach presentation. Your aim today is to discuss the options available to her regarding her mode of delivery. Hi Miss Brennan, my name's Catherine and I'm one of the doctors working today. How are you doing? Hi doctor, I'm well thank you. You can call me Anne by the way. I'm feeling good, have a bit of back pain from the extra weight, but feeling okay. That's great to hear. Congratulations on your pregnancy. How far along are you? Thank you. I'm 30 weeks now. The time is flying by. Fantastic. You're nearly there now. Is it alright with you if we talk about your options for the birth today? Yeah, some people told me I had to have a caesarean and others say that I can have a vaginal birth, so I am a bit confused. Okay, yeah, that does sound a bit confusing. I know you had a caesarean for your last baby, but you can opt for either a vaginal birth or a caesarean in this case, and I'd like to talk you through the two possible options if that's okay. Yes, that would be great, thank you. Thanks. So, vaginal birth after caesarean is what we call VBAC, and it's an option for you at the moment to consider. If you decide to go ahead with a vaginal birth, the success rate of a planned VBAC is 72 to 75%. This means that most women attempting a vaginal birth after caesarean succeed, but some do end up needing a repeat caesarean. As a vaginal birth is less invasive than surgery, there is less risk of bleeding and infection, and you would have a quicker recovery than if you were to have another surgery. There are a few risks associated with vaginal birth after caesarean. The biggest risk is that of uterine rupture, where the scar in your womb from your previous surgery bursts. This would be an emergency that can cause a lot of blood loss and would need surgery. This happens in about 1 in 200 women, so it's pretty uncommon, and there are safety rules we have to follow to reduce the risk of this happening. You also may need help with a forceps or vacuum to help the baby to be born. This risk is lower if you've had a vaginal birth before. Yes, I did. I had a vaginal birth for my first child. Okay, so that would mean that you'd have a lower risk of needing a forceps or a vacuum, but that risk would still be there. There is also a small chance of tearing of the skin called the perineum, which usually just requires a stitch. Sometimes it needs further surgery and some women can have long-term problems with incontinence. Thankfully, this is rare. In terms of risks to your baby, there are relatively few. There is a slightly increased risk of a bit of lack of oxygen to the baby, what we call hypoxia. Um, with a vaginal birth compared to a repeat caesarean. This happens in about one in a thousand with women having a vaginal birth after a previous caesarean. The risk of your baby dying is extremely, extremely low and is similar to the risk for women having a first vaginal birth without any previous C-sections. So there's no increased risk associated with vaginal birth after caesarean for you. Okay, and what's the second option? So an elective repeat caesarean would be the second option. Thinking of the benefits here, there would be less of a risk of pelvic organ prolapse in the future and of uterine rupture as well. We could plan the day, have it all organised, which might not be the same case as with the vaginal birth. Thinking of the risks, there would be an increased risk of bleeding and infection when compared to a vaginal birth, as it is a surgery. 
it would most likely involve a longer hospital stay and a longer recovery time. With risks to the baby, when babies are born by caesarean, as I'm sure you can remember, they can be a bit stunned and can be a bit slow to cry as they're very suddenly born without going through the hours of labour. We have a paediatric doctor or midwife come look at the baby when they're born and the baby may need some help with some oxygen, but there's usually no problem and the baby's completely fine. Another risk to the baby would be a small cut from the instruments used during the surgery. This would happen in about one in a hundred, usually very minor, would just need a plaster or dressing without any permanent scarring. We really aim not to do this and we feel dreadful if it happens, but it is important to know that it can happen occasionally. On the other hand, there is less risk of the lack of oxygen I was talking about. So there's less of a risk of this hypoxia with caesarean when comparing with a vaginal birth after caesarean. I plan to hopefully have more kids in the future. Could the option here between vaginal birth and caesarean impact my choices then? Yes, you're right. So a caesarean now can also affect any future pregnancies you may have. The scar on your uterus from the caesarean can rupture or burst in any future pregnancies or deliveries. This again is very rare and only occurs in about two in a thousand women. With a scar in the uterus, you would also have a higher risk of having a placenta lying low called placenta previa or condition where the placenta grows into the wall of the uterus called placenta accreta. These can cause a bit of bleeding and if you were to develop these in future pregnancies, you may need another caesarean. Now that was a huge amount of information and it can get very confusing comparing the two options. Please ask me any questions you have, take some time to think about them and come back to me with what you think. That was a lot of information and I'm not sure I have them quite right in my head. Which option overall is the safest for me and my baby? The safest option overall is the vaginal birth for both you and for your baby, if we could guarantee that you would have a vaginal birth, which no one can. Um, so the success rate of the vaginal birth is 72 to 75%. So most women who try a VBAC succeed, but not all do. What we would like to avoid is an emergency cesarean as that is the most risky. So the next safest option after the VBAC would be a planned cesarean. And even if you do wish to go for a planned caesarean, we should talk about what could happen if you go into labour before your planned caesarean date. Sometimes we try to go for a bit of a middle ground, a sensible option where we wait to see what happens. So if you come to us in labour and all is going well, then you could try for the vaginal birth. But if your baby is breech or you need induction and we can't induce you, then you could consider a planned caesarean. And why couldn't you induce me? The drugs we use to induce labour, such as prostaglandins and oxytocin, increase the risk of uterine rupture, so we generally don't use these drugs in ladies who have previously had a caesarean, unless they are absolutely required, and even then only with consultant supervision. By and large, we tend not to induce women with a previous caesarean, but this could be discussed in more detail with you if you were very keen to have a vaginal birth. What do you think of all of that? I'll give you some written information to help keep the options straight in your head. And if you would like to talk to your partner, we could talk about this again. Okay, yeah, I'll need a few days to think it through and I would want to talk to my partner about it. But thanks for the information. This podcast was written by Catherine MacDonald and voiced by Emily O'Hanlon and Catherine MacDonald. Links to the written notes and sources used in this podcast are included in the description. We would like to thank Professor Mary Higgins for her help and expertise in creating this podcast and to thank Kevin Murphy for letting us use his recording studio. Thank you for listening to this episode of OBSCast. We hope that you found it useful and that you join us again soon.